All right, welcome back to another episode of Get to the Point with Buddy and Seabear. Uh, Collins, it's been a few weeks. Been busy with do- all kinds of stuff, but uh, hopefully we'll make it up for y'all. Uh, got a great guest today. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, today joining us is NFR finalist for five years in a row. He won the average title in 2021, career earnings of over $1.1 million, and is currently the number three ranked steer wrestler in the world. Uh, joining us from Northwest Community College right now is Will Loomis. Will, how you, how are you today? Good, man. Good, man. Just tired. Been working all day, but yeah, everything's good. Will, how'd you get uh, how'd you get brought on over there at Old Northwest Rodeo? Huh? How'd you how'd they how'd they make that happen? Man, uh, I was rodeo last summer, and the job kind of came up. And um, man, first thing I did was just kind of push it away. I didn't think it was really something I wanted to do, and. And I really did, man. I pushed it away and forgot about it for a week or so, and then kind of came back up in my mind. I kept just coming back, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe it is something that that I need to pursue. Maybe it is something that's a way for me to give back to rodeo and to, um, you know, to the sport. And um, you know, I don't I don't listen very much, uh, you know, but I felt like God was trying to tell me something right then, and. And it was a great opportunity for, for Jenna and I, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a state job. It's great. It's got great benefits for me, you know, which is huge. Um, and honestly, man, it kind of lines up with my rodeo schedule. So I really didn't have to change a whole lot I was doing. Um, there's a few more logistics that go to go into, you know, kind of planning my rodeos and kind of getting around college rodeos and stuff, but really, man, they line up just right. And, and, uh, like I said, it, you know, I've, there's so many rodeo coaches out there right now, but, but there's, you know, there's not very many, um, I don't know, there's really not a good way for me to say this. There's not really many coaches of my caliber, I don't feel like, or not necessarily my caliber, but, but of, you know, that have the rodeo experience that I do. And, you know, I feel like it's a great way for, for me to give back and to teach kids stuff that they need to learn now instead of, you know, two years into their career like I did. So I was about to ask whenever you brought that up, is there a different rodeo schedule, like your professional rodeo schedule compared to the college schedule? Like you said, it it lines up really well, but like, what does that kind of look like? Yeah. So there's five, there's 10 rodeos total. There's five in the fall, five in the spring, uh, the five in the fall, man, there's, there's, there's two, like the end of September. Um, well this year and th- this fall, there's two, the end of September, there's one in October and there's two in November. Um, so obviously October, November, I'm not doing much besides hopefully getting ready for the NFR. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, the September rodeos, like I said, man, there's, you know, there's, uh, the very first one doesn't, doesn't fall over any big rodeos that I was planning on going to, but the second one does, you know, it's over the tour finals, uh, in South Dakota, which, so, um, you know, there'll be a little bit of logistics playing whatever else involved trying to make all that work. Uh, the spring, man, March and April, um, obviously right now, man, I'm not, I'm not really busy. Once you get past the American in Houston and everything, which is the first of March, uh, you know, there's just, there's, there's not a lot to go to, um, other than going to California, there's a big run in California, but, but I don't ever go to it. So, um, you know, it just, with my rodeo schedule and the ones that I like to go to, it, it kind of falls really good for me. So how many events a year do you think that you just do? How many events do you do every year? Man, I'm allowed to go to 80 rodeos. Um, and that's any steer wrestler in the PRCA. They have the opportunity to go to 80. Last year I went to 52, um, you know, and I, I lost the go buckle by $2,700, you know, so yeah. there, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of regret there. I left a lot of money on the table. Um, but you know, once I won Calgary, um, you know, it, it was, you know, I won I, you know, 30 something thousand of that money that I won at Calgary counted for the world standing. So it just catapulted me to the top, you know, and then I just kind of had fun with it. And I just went to the ones I wanted to and, and spent some time at home and, and, uh, man, it really bit me in the, it bit me in the ass right at the end. So. Yeah. I was reading up on a little bit and I saw that, see, is Calgary one of the, not counting the NFR, Calgary is one of the bigger ones in on your tour. Uh, yeah, man, the uh, it and Houston are going to be the two biggest. Um, the American uh, is obviously a hundred thousand for us, but it doesn't count for the world standings. 
Uh, none of that money counts for the PRC World Standing. So, yeah, as far as money counting, Houston and, and Calgary are the, are the two biggest. Well, I've grown up around you. I, I remember watching you play football at Oak Hill. Um, I remember doing, you know, y'all's little practices and stuff and pushing the steers through the pen. And, um, man, a lot of people wouldn't understand where you come from. As if that makes sense. And for you to say, you know, like a coach of my caliber, that a lot of people might say, dang, that's kind of cocky. To me, knowing where you came from, that just shows the level of confidence that you've carried throughout your life. And for me, like I said, I've been around you my whole life. And watching you on TV, coming from the small town of West Point, how do you stay at that confidence level? and not go over the top because I see rodeo a lot like golf, right? If you don't make, if you don't make the cut, you ain't getting paid. So if you get paid a million, if you get paid a million, you win it, right? If you get too high on your high horse, you know, just as well as anybody else does, you finna get knocked back off and you might not get paid next week. So how, how, how is that balance? Man, <laughs> rodeo is just a humbling sport, man. It really is, man. It's it's hard to get too high because, just like you said, I mean, you know, you may go two, three weeks without winning anything, but the really the key thing, and you hit it, you know, you hit it right on the head with golf. I mean, golf is such a mental game. Um, and so is, you know, I mean, any sport is really, but rodeo especially because, you know, if if we're not winning, you know, we're not making any money. So it's, you know, if you go three weeks, four weeks without winning anything, it's tough for you not to be tough on, you know, it's hard not to be tough on yourself. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I had to learn. It took me a couple of years to learn in my career. Um, and, uh, you know, now I can go to a rodeo and have bad luck. And now it, it doesn't, it obviously affects me because I'm a winner. Um, but, it doesn't affect me as much as it used to and as much as I see it affecting a lot of other people. Um, you know, and yeah, I see it, I see it at every rodeo I go to, you know, and, and, and I might not even win anything for the next two months. I hope, I hope I do, but you know, if, if not, there's a, you know, there's a lot of things that I fall back on my basics, my practicing, my, you know, my preparation. Um, and, you know, it's all of that is mental, you know, especially when you're on the road, when you don't have the opportunity to go run practice steers or whatever. Um, you know, you're there for a reason. You know, you know, you're there for a reason. There's a reason that I've made the national finals five times in a row. Um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I that I fall back on when I'm struggling. Um, you know, there's a, there, there's a million things that you can do, but, you know, to keep yourself you know, at that level, but not getting too far. Um, but the main thing is just not letting yourself get below that level. Uh, because when you get below that level, man, it gets tough to win. And especially, you know, I mean, you're the, the worst, you know, the person that's hardest to beat is myself. You know, I know that, you know, I know that if I do my job and I have a good animal that I have the opportunity to win. But if, if I have to beat myself, you know, I mean, the best thing is just for me to be on my side because, you know, I can, I can dang sure keep myself from winning. And I have a lot. Kind of going with that, uh, you're talking about the mental part of it, but like in, in the event, in steer wrestling, there's three members of what, of each run and only one of them is a human being. So you're dealing with two different animals, your horse and the steer itself. How much of an impact is it? I mean, like you're talking about having to stay pretty, pretty high on yourself mentally because each animal is going to be different is it not yeah absolutely you know and, and honestly there's even more involved than that you know i have a hazer and another horse so there's you know there's two two guys two horses and 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 a steer you know so um you know we always say there's there's 16 in the same direction you know and you have to get them all moving in the same direction for you to be able to win um and there's a lot of trust that goes into that you know i have to trust my hazer uh, to do his job. I have to trust my horse to do its job. Um, you try to get a game plan on a steer, uh, before of whatever its track record was, you figure out who ran him before you did and try to figure out kind of what he does. But obviously, I mean, they're animals, they're going to do, you know, they're, they're, they can change. They may stay that way their whole life, but you know, they could also change the blink of an eye. And it's happened to me on the biggest stages. You know, I've had a steer at, at the American and it, one year it should have been a layup for me to win the American and win a hundred thousand. 
and I had a steer that was the best steer on him, and he took about three steps and stopped, and I missed him. And you know, but they're, they're, that's that's the kind of stuff that 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 your mental preparation and your mental game plays a factor in because I did my job. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I did all I can do, and then right then it's pretty easy for me to beat myself. You know, and say, man, I could have done this or I could have done that, but you know, in hindsight, it sometimes there's just bad luck. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the hazer, though, do you have the same one for each run, or does that switch too? Or uh, the majority of the time, yeah, man. When I'm going to the big rodeos, I'm with Clayton Hass and uh, Ty Erickson. Uh, either one of those guys, he's really good, um, and both really, really good bulldogs, really talented bulldogs. Um, Clayton usually does most of the hazing, but then Ty hazes for Clayton when we're rodeoing. Um, you know, if I may show up like this weekend, Tyler Wagaspack's going to haze for me. Um, Taylor White, Colin's cousin, he, you know, he hazes really well. Um, so, you know, I always kind of put a little thought into it of, of who I'm going to get to do it because number one, it needs to be somebody I can trust. Um, and number two, you know, it just, it, I, I, I like having somebody over there that, that kind of knows how I like the steers to be set up. And those handful of guys do. Yeah, man. Uh, first, first shout out to Taylor. He got me. He got me linked up. He got us linked up with Will. So shout out to Taylor, um, man. I want to go, but take a couple steps back. Um, we talked about a little bit of the mental aspect of things, and if you if you've listened to any of the podcast before, I'm a huge on the mental aspect of sports. I, I struggled with it my whole high school career and even into college, and I really figured it out my last year of college. So it's been something that I try and pick pick high level athletes' brains on. Um, you were talking about not getting almost caught up in, in the in in the identity of being a steer wrestler, right? You're Will Loomis, a professional steer wrestler, but you're not Will Loomis, the professional professional steer wrestler. You're Will Loomis and a professional steer wrestler. So I feel like with you, that that's probably your one of your main teaching points to these younger cats in college, right? Yeah, you know it's. It's so easy to lose yourself in the game, you know, it really is. And, and there's so many people that get addicted to the game. You know, and it, it, that that's the easiest way I can say it, you know. And, uh, you know, there's so many people that I see rodeo or play any sport, but rodeo for sure, um, that, you know, run themselves into the ground, you know, because that's all they know what that's all they know to do. And they're just addicted to the, you know, to the win or to the high of winning, you know, and, um, you know, it's a little different in other sports because when you start deteriorating, you get cut, um, you know, so in rodeo, you know, at a certain point, you kind of got to learn to cut yourself. And, uh, and you see people at a very high level that have rodeoed for a long time and are in their forties, uh, that are still pretty competitive, but they've just lost that edge. You know what I mean? And there's so many people that, have won so many world titles that have kind of gone out on, you know, kind of on injuries terms uh, versus, you know, stepping out on a high note, uh, you know, and which is what I would love to do. I would love to step out on my terms. Uh, you know, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but but that's kind of my plan on that. But, you know, it, something that – and, I, and I, I think people when they show up to college, and that's one thing um, when I went to college – I had a plan. I had, you know, I wanted to go to physical therapy school <coughs> and that didn't work out. So I went to PTA school and still got a great degree and still have a career that I could do, you know, that I could follow. And I have my license there up to date and everything. Um, but, you know, it, it's it, when we're at the college, we're student athletes. You know what I mean? We're not athlete, you know, athletic students. So um, I think that something that I'm trying to teach kids is that, when you come to school, you are coming to school and then rodeoing, very much like I'm Will Loomis, a steer wrestler. Um, you know, and that's, you know, because no, not everybody's going to make it. You know, just like baseball, just like football. Everybody thinks they're really good until the draft happens and then they don't get drafted. And, you know, and then, well, what are you going to do? Hands, because I don't have another plan. Not you need yeah. And I've had, I've had kids tell me that, that, I don't need a backup plan because this is what I'm going to do no matter what. Well, yeah, but what if you break your leg off? You know, because it happened. So yeah. it, that's, that's how I see it. So, Yeah, you, you were talking about the coaching part. We were talking a little bit before before we got started. Uh, 
you are now the uh, rodeo coach at Northwest Community College. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that came about because, I mean, you were at the time, let's say you started a year or two ago. Yeah. You were top five in, top five in the world in, as a steer wrestler. And then you decided you want to take a little bit of time out of that schedule to start coaching and teaching younger kids uh, kind of in the ways that you've learned. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, really and truly, it's the, you know, it's the future uh, for me. Because just like I said, you know, I'm not going to rodeo forever. Um, I have a, you know, a physical therapy degree that I could, that I can make a living doing. Um, but this is something that I'm really passionate about and, or just the sport in general of, of rodeo. And now that I have the opportunity to help kids be successful, like I, you know, like I was helped in college. And uh, so that was kind of that deal. And like I said, I kind of pushed it away for a while. And then, uh, you know, this was kind of an opportunity of a lifetime for me because uh, it's 30 minutes from home. Um, and if it was something, the more I thought about it, that if I didn't jump on it, well, what if somebody got the job and they kept that job for 20 to 25 years and had a great retirement? Um, and I never had the opportunity to step in again. Um, so that was, you know, this is a way for me to step in and still get back to the sport, even off into my forties and fifties, um, and try to produce winners and, you know, and, and make a nice living and have a nice retirement when I'm done, you know? So, uh, it's just, it's, it was a really, it wasn't an easy decision at first, but now that I sit, really sit down and think about it, it really was. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I decided a couple years ago when I was in college that I was going to step away from playing baseball and uh, take an internship at West Point High School. And um, it's kind of like a, a kind of a similar story. It's one of those things where it's like this game, like baseball has given me everything I've had in life the same way rodeo has given you everything you've had. And who would you be not to pass that knowledge down to somebody the same way somebody passed that knowledge to you? It, um, it's hot, man. It, uh, it takes a, it, you got to humble yourself a little bit, right? Cause you don't want to ever look at yourself like, dang, I, I didn't ever think I'd be, you know, coach, coach Loomis or, or whatever they call you. I don't, you never thought you'd be coach Loomis, but here you are and a year down the road or two years down the road. And it seems like you're really grateful and honestly kind of surprised with how much fun you've been enjoying it just kind of if i'm gauging the conversation it seems like you're kind of surprised with that how much you've actually enjoyed it yeah for sure you know man it's uh this was really it was a cool opportunity for me uh because man northwest community college has just not been on top of the game as far as rodeo goes for a long time you know they're really good at, at pretty much everything else um so it was really cool for me to be able to step in and have the support of the college and the community and the president of the college wanting to build something special. And, you know, there's nothing worse than having a dream or a vision of something and not having the support to do it. And that's the complete opposite of, of here. I mean, you know, it's, I have all the support, uh, you know, the president of the college is asking what I need personally. Um, you know, and, and we're making we're making leaps and bounds. You know, we went from, you know, the biggest team they've had here in the last, I don't know, decades, been ten to fifteen, you know, ten to fifteen people, and and we've got twenty to twenty five coming in the fall, and a lot of very talented people. Um, so I'm really excited about it. We got a kid. We got Colby Burgess to the college finals this year uh, as a bull rider, and uh, he won second in the region. Um, had a couple of close calls uh, on some other kids, but. We got him the college finals, and that's going to be a lot of fun to go to Casper and do that. And, uh, you know, next year, I, you know, I hope to have a full team there. You know, I hope to have six, you know, six men and maybe four girls. You know, we'll just see how it goes. But um, that's that's my plan. But it's really cool because I get to kind of build this how I want to build it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people around here that don't know rodeo. And it's cool that I get to educate the school as well as the community as well on on what it on you know what it takes to to be successful. That's kind of like I mean I've been learning a lot just from this short conversation we've had. I don't know a whole lot about rodeo, but uh, I've watched I've watched you specifically in the NFR a few times. Uh, speaking of that, how much of a difference is it from a small little rodeo team in Senatobia, Mississippi, compared to the bright lights of Vegas and 
the NFR? Man, it's just like you know we've been talking about it. Man, it's humbling because I've been in the you know I've 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 been in these kids' shoes. You know, I've been in this exact region. I've you know I've um, you know I've won a couple of regional titles. Uh, you know, in 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 the Ozark region. So you know, it's really cool to be able to come and see. Um, as an adult, I guess, um, you know, kind of how I, you know, how I used to be. And, and I hear kids, you know, I hear athletes, kids talking that, you know, what they were, you know, what's, you know, what, what they did at the rodeo or whatever, you know, or going out or whatever, you know, and it's just different to, to kind of see and, and, and remember those days, but see it from a different perspective. Um, and it's just humbling, you know, because it, it's, it really makes me go back to, man, I, you know, I've really come a long ways. And again, that's not a cocky comment. You know, that's just, I, that's the truth. I worked hard to get to where I am and, you know, it's just kind of cool to see you lose sight of the past. A lot of times, um, you know, when you get to, you know, this level or a professional level and it's just kind of cool to, to kind of be brought down and, and see, you know, what used to be. And, you know, I've had a lot of fun doing it this last year. Yeah, man. I've, um, so I've grew up, obviously I grew up around you. I grew up around uncle Bob, your brother. Um, how you, so for those who don't know, Bob Loomis was a professional steer wrestler. And now, with Loomis kind of followed up behind his shoes, did you ever feel pressure to follow behind Bob? No, never pressure, no. Um, no, it was always, man, I played football, I played baseball, I did I did what I wanted to do. I played what I wanted to do, and I competed when I wanted to. Uh, it was never pressure to, to rodeo. Um, I really loved it and I enjoyed doing it. And, uh, and I had all the support from my uncle Bob and, and my dad and my mom, and my other uncle David. Um, and just, you know, to, to just pursue what I wanted to pursue and whether that be to have nothing to do with rodeo. Um, but yeah, man, when I, when I decided rodeo was what I wanted to do, man, we put some money in some horses and we, you know, we just, we, we made it happen, you know? And, um, you know, and, and that, that's where, you know, where most of my success started. You know, I got to learn on some really, really nice animals. Um, you know, I got to learn how to steer wrestle on some of the best horses, um, you know, that, that, that I've seen. And, uh, you know, and that's, there's not a lot of people that have that. Really blessed to, to, to have had that opportunity. Um, but no, as far as pressure, man, I didn't, but it was definitely something I watched him. I watched him at the national finals and I watched him in person in Vegas and, and always said, you know, that I would, this is what I want to do. And, uh, and yeah, when I decided that's what I wanted to do, we made it happen. So you talked a little bit about it earlier about the, um, your event schedule. You have, you said you did 52 events last year, but there's only 52 weeks in the year. So that means you're probably doing a couple events a week every once in a while. What's life like? I mean, on the there's not a whole lot of rodeos going on in the state of Mississippi, I imagine. So, like, what's life like staying on the road and uh, while you're doing your events? Man, you know, it's it's wide open. It really is. And me being a homebody, I kind of picked a terrible profession. Um, but uh, it, uh, you know, it, it it's it's fine. It really is, man. It's it's tough on a marriage, uh, but Jen and I we make it happen. I married a wonderful lady that just supports me with however I want to do it. Uh, and she runs barrels and gets to go to some rodeos and stuff. So that's, you know, that's fun. We'll me and her together. We'll go to three rodeos this week, uh, starting tomorrow. So, um, you know, that's, that's how you kind of do it. You know I mean? Like, uh, so July, uh, let's see, 18 or 19 in July, we ran a steer 27 of the 31 days of July. So, you know, the summer is when, I think right now I've been to 20 before I get to Reno, Nevada, which kind of starts the summer, uh, which is the end of June. I will have gone to uh, about 27 or eight rodeos. Um, but then after Reno, we will go to probably 50 um, yeah. between July, August, and, and the first two weeks of September. So, so are you seeing – I know, like, so in Uncle Sam and uh, – <clears throat> 
when they do the rodeo up north of town at uh, Eagle Eagle Ranch, yep. they always have uh, somebody brings in the steers. It, it's some co- I don't know who the company is. I don't know a lot about it. You'd have to explain all that to me. Um, how does do, do you ever see the same steers? Basically, what I'm asking. Do you ever see the same set of steers? Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah, there's 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 six to ten guys that have you know that own a hundred, two hundred head of steers, and they'll put you know they'll be <clears throat> you know subcontracted out or whatever from you know through a stock contractor. You hire the stock contractor to put on the rodeo, and if they don't have the animals, then they subcontract it out to you or buddy or you know whoever has the steers. And yeah, I mean, you know, those same steers in the PRCA, there's a rule and they horn brand the steers like this year, the steers will have a three on their horn, which means those are 2023 steers, which means in 2024, those steers, you can't run at at any PRCA rodeos. Um, So those steers, you'll know who owns them by either the tag in their ear or you'll recognize them if you pay attention. And, uh, you know, you can either call a guy that owns them. They, uh, J.J. Miller from Texas does a wonderful job. He's got 300 head of steers, 200, 300 head of steers. And you can call him and call out a number and he dang near tell you what he does. It's impressive. Um, yeah. You know, but, you know, also you can, uh, you know, we've got a couple of different, uh, you know, a couple of different ways to figure out who ran what steer at the past rodeo. And we can call that person and kind of see what that steer did. So, yeah, there's multiple times that you know you'll see you know, you'll see the same steers at different rodeos, and you may even run the same steer at the you know at the next rodeo. Yeah, so you're talking about the whether you're contracting or subcontracting the steers out. Rodeo in general is dealing with animals the whole time. Uh, I don't know f- for sure. I'm sure it's probably happened. What would you say to the person that's like the PETA people that says that you're harming the animals or that you're treating them wrongly or something like that? Because you've been around them, and I imagine that you treat all your animals really well. But, like, yeah. what what would you say to somebody like that? They need to come live with me for a week. Because, honestly, yeah. everybody's mistreated. It's me. Uh, <laughs> my steers. I, hell, I've got a steer at home that my wife nicknamed Porky. like and i yeah i practiced this morning you know on porky and porky looks what he's called i mean he's fat he's got fat (laughs) off his butt cheeks he's so fat (laughs) just don't you know they they don't realize you know and they think that anyways man they think cattle stay in bad conditions because they're walking around in the mud well hell yeah what do you think they did in the 1800s you think they had (laughs) you know what i mean like there's if anything man cattle and horses are taken better care of now than they have in the last century to two centuries um you know even the bucking stock i mean it's ridiculous you know the the amount of there's a reason them bucking horses you know what i mean it's not because they're poor (laughs) you know so man it's just you know i can I can have a professional conversation with people like that, but you know, there's just those people, you know, I don't want to get into politics, but those people are just like a lot of other people. They believe what they believe and they're not going to change their mind. And whether you have a professional conversation with them or not, you know, so man, everybody's entitled to what they think and what they believe. Just don't push it on me. You know what I mean? You do you and I'm going to do me and, we're going to, you know, nobody gets mad that way. So, well, yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, those are the ones that have never been any, in any kind of situation like you've been in. They don't know what it's actually like. They're standing from afar and tweeting it out over their, with their phones, probably in some big city talking about how awful you are to all the animals, even though they don't have a clue what it's actually like. Oh, my best, my, my, one of my best buddies, Tim Farr from Georgia. He, uh, he said it best one time we were in Houston and Houston, they will stand on the side of the street when you're pulling trucks and trailers into the rodeo with nooses hanging around their neck and like blood running down their shirt, fake blood. I mean, like they're serious. Yeah. I'm not like, it's bad. And, uh, one guy asked, uh, Tim one time why he tortured animals and Tim, I don't torture animals. I take very, very good care of my animals and said that I just can't believe the way you treat animals animals should be free and blah, blah, blah. And Tim said, what, what kind of, what are you, uh, or he was standing, they were standing beside that guy's car 
And he said, this is a really nice car you got. And he said, well, thank you. And he said, what kind of seats you got in them? And, he, well, they're, 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 <laughs> and was like, all right, well, y'all, they had to kill a cow to. to you know, they yeah. had everything, you know what I mean? Like shoes, boots. I mean, you know, it all ties back to some sort of animal, you know, or plant, you know, for that matter. I mean, everything comes from nature, from God. So I don't understand the whole reasoning behind. Anyways, y'all are going to get me stirred up. <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a real mature and professional way to go about looking at things, man. I, I, tell, I tell our kids all the time. Letting another man control your emotions is a female tendency. Yeah, yeah. Females, females let other people control their emotions. Men don't let other people control their emotions. So that's a very mature way of going about things. I could not imagine. And you're more famous than you probably think you are. I'm sure when you go to the Dago McDonald's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, there's somebody in there who knows who Will Loomis is. How do you handle that type of success? Like, Because honestly, man, I don't know if there's anybody in West Point that's name holds as much equal weight, as much weight as Will Loomis's name does. Man, I don't know about that. But, I mean, there's so many, so many big dogs there, man. But, um, man, it, 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 it is, man. It's a little exhausting sometimes, you know, and I've told Jenna that. And I'm just, you know, being frank, you know, but it's – it, you know, there are always people that see you and want a picture with you or whatever, you know. So, you know, I'm always, I'm a, I'm a nice guy anyway. And I just, you know, I always try to do everything I can, public thing I can do, public relations. But, but yeah, man, it does. It, it, you know, if, you know, especially at the final, you know, I have so many obligations at the finals running around trying to sign autographs for different sponsors and everything. And, and you can't go 30 feet without somebody stopping you and wanting to talk or stopping you and wanting a picture, you know, and you haven't eaten in 10 hours, you know, and you're hungry. And next thing you know, you're walking and you hear somebody call your name and you don't stop or turn around. You just keep walking. You know what I mean? So kind of one of my new rules is uh, you, you got to call me twice. If you want me to stop, you holler my name. If I don't look at you, holler my name again and I'll turn around. But, you know, it's just, it's 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 tough you know it really is sometimes but in the grand scheme of things it's a blessing more than anything um and i lose sight of that and so do a lot of other people um because somebody looks up to you you know what i mean and especially some kid you know i used to look up to all kind of people and uh you know so i i'm always nice i always try to help and i always take the picture because somebody looks up to you and that's a blessing well that's your yeah. right that's your raising. I, I, like I said, I've known you your whole life. That uh, You have not changed from the time you were 17 years old when I was nine. You, you treated me the same way when I was nine as I am now at 23. I mean, it's been – honestly, man, it's been incredible to watch you. I, I, that's your, it, it's a testament to your raising, man, honestly, because yeah. you have not changed a lick. Well, that and also you're talking about – you're you're now that person that you used to look up to for some kid somewhere. You don't really want to accidentally blow him off and maybe not only turn maybe make him upset with you, but also possibly turn him away from rodeoing in general. Uh, you want to try to make it as good for everybody that tries to talk to you as you can. And I can imagine that would be pretty tough because sometimes, like you said, you're hungry and you're ready just to go get something to eat and uh, kind of tired of taking pictures and autographs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, somebody get the man a cold beer and a dick. Come on, man. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I can, I'll sit there all day if we have beer. <laughs> uh, let's see. You talked about him a minute ago. Uh, you had, you talked about him, mentioned him when, as one of your hazers. Uh, but Tyler Wagaspack is also one of the top steer wrestlers in the world. He's also from the state of Mississippi. You said y'all work together a lot of times, but when it comes to – when you're in the NFR, when you're in other rodeos competing against him, what's that like competing against a guy that I'm sure you've probably grown up around, probably growing up competing against on your team sometimes? What's that like being at some at the same level as, as he is? Man, 
Wag and I, we're portrayed kind of as, I don't know, friend enemies. But, man, he's one of my best buddies. We talk multiple times a week. Um, he is probably the best one going down the road. Um, but he also works at it every day. And it's incredible, to, you know, how much he prepares. It really is. And there's a reason that he's got four gold buckles and has an opportunity and has a career length to be the best ever. Um, you know, and he's got to win two more gold buckles to match the best ever. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that he can't because it's it's absolutely incredible how good that guy is. It really is. But, uh, you know, me and him love button heads. Um, we love to call it the Will and Wag Show. And because uh, that's just, you know, it's just fun. And it lights a fire under me. It lights a fire under him. And we love button heads. And, uh, you know, that's just the competitor coming out in us. It really is. But at the end of the day, you know, if he wins, great. I'm happy for him. If I win, he's happy for me. Um, you know, so, um, you know, after this past year, you know, he got up on the stage and, and said on the microphone that the wrong guy's standing on this stage right now. And that means the world to me. You know, obviously, I didn't do my job on the last year. You know, and I should I should have done better. But, uh, you know, just to have a friend like that, that, uh, you know, that picks you up and, and uh, you know, is confident in your ability and, uh, you know, and then is really happy when you win, you know, because there's not a lot of people out there that are really happy when you beat them. And, uh, but, you know, it's good to have friends like that. Yeah, I was about to say, but, like, not only is he happy with, is he happy when you win, um, like when you beat him? I imagine both of y'all push each other really, really hard too, because you're trying to. You're not. You're happy for them if they do good, but at the same time, you're trying the competitor and you wants to beat them. You know the the competitive side of it again. You know you just feed iron sharpens iron. You know and you just feed off of that and you feed off that competition and you know it's cool when we're close in a you know in a performance or in a slack or something. And he goes out there and he's three, six, or seven. I'm trying to beat him. And that just, you know, that's just how we are. You know, same way with him. Of course, he'll tell you, too, if he's got one that's not as good as yours, he ain't going to try to beat you. He, but he's going to win something. He's going to win third or fourth. And that's something else, you know, going back to some teaching these kids is that coming up, growing up around here, where growing up in West Point, if you went to a rodeo, you needed to win first. But dang near, dang sure second, you know, if you wanted to make some money because just, there's not just, there's not big rodeo. And when something that, you know, you need to learn if you're going to rodeo for a living is they pay seven or eight holes and they pay pretty good. So, you know, don't be afraid to win third, fourth, fifth, because you're still going to win a couple thousand. And, you know, that's something that's, that just boils back to not beating yourself. If you have the steer to win first on, don't try to win first. You know, just go out there, do your job, compete against your animal. If you win something, great. If not, now that one doesn't matter anymore because it, it happened five minutes ago. So, how quick is how quick is the turnaround? How like if we're I mentioned it kind of being like golf, and so in golf you got your you've got your four days. You show up on uh, when or you show up on Tuesday and Wednesday. You do your practice round. Thursday and Friday is to get to the cut. Saturday and Sunday is to win the championship. When you're if you put that in terms of rodeo, how would you put that in terms of rodeo? Man, it just kind of depends. I mean, sometimes you'll show up to a rodeo and, and you'll compete one time and you come back. And next you may go to a tournament-style rodeo like Calgary and you'll compete three days in a row. And then, you know, the best four guys out of that set will move on to the next set. And um, it just kind of depends, man. They were, they're all over the place, really. You know, some of them you'll show up, you'll run two steers the same day and you'll leave and then come back for a short round if you make the short round. So, there's all different ways they do it, man. There's not a set way. Um, it just kind of depends on how that committee sets the rodeo up. Hey, I'm going to walk out and plug my phone up. It's mm -hmm. fixing the die. Right, we're good. Fine. Rock and roll. Yeah, no. Um, so we, we talked about a couple of events already. Uh, which one would you consider to be your favorite event? Uh, man, Calgary, well – the, the NFR, I guess, number one. Um, but Calgary is, is probably is probably one of my favorite rodeos. Um, you know, there's a, there's a bunch, man. San Antonio's great. Houston's great. Um, pretty much all of those big rodeos that give you the opportunity to win, you know, that much money is 
you know, is, yeah, they're my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So yeah. you, you, you were talking about, uh, competing the same district as Northwest. So you went to EMCC, I went for two right? years East and then I went two years to Martin. Okay. What do you, do you have a bunch of like just a bunch of good memories from either of those places or both? Or yeah, man, neither? East, man, I don't really, uh, from East because man, we were, well, Taylor was on that team too. Taylor White and Cody Warner and a bunch of other guys from around here. We, you know, we were kind of the first team that East Mississippi ever had. And so, you know, we just, we really didn't have much. We didn't have a whole lot to go off of. We didn't, you know, we just, we just had a team and, um, I mean, yeah, man, we had a lot of fun at the rodeos and we did a lot of winning and it was great. Um, but then like when I went to Martin, you know, I really started learning and coach Luthie was coach Luthie was great. Um, and then I got up there and, and made some friends that have been friends of mine now for, you know, since 2012. And, um, it's just. Man, I've got yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of good memories from college rodeo, but then also, man, I was ready to be done and and move on, to, you know, to, to the next stage, and that was you know professional rodeo, and, and I was, you know, I was ready to go. I was chomping at the bit. So I know, I know you. We talked a little bit about it beforehand because I wanted to know if I could go into it. My dog's got to chill out a little bit, but <clears throat> I, I like I mentioned. I work for Tony's Picks out of Las Vegas. We sell uh, sports betting picks, so pretty big in the sports betting. And um, there's an app, and you were telling me about this app. And it sounds very similar to a mixture between Underdog Fantasy and DraftKings. And you said your buddy's the one that run it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that app, if, if anybody's interested? Yeah, Casey Jones, uh, the very first guy I ever rodeoed with, first guy I made the finals with, um, he created Pro Fantasy Rodeo. I mean, he created it back in like 2002 or three, and it is the official, you know, betting game or however you fantasy game of Pro Rodeo. And at the NFR, they give you like <coughs> – if you come in number one in the world and like in the steer house, if I come in number one, I'm going to cost 150,000 to buy. And that is just point money more or less. Um, and you have to pick a bareback rider, a steer wrestler, a saddle brawn rider, a calf roper, so forth. So on every event you have to pick one, but then you only get $550,000 to spend on your team. So if you spend 150,000 to get me and I was number one in the world, and now you only have four hundred thousand left to spend on your team, and fifteenth place in the world will cost ten thousand. So you kind of have to try to be strategic about who you pick, and then uh, you know there's a couple of tiebreaker things that you do there. But but like first place, if you win first place over the all ten nights, um, they give a truck and trailer away uh, to the winner, uh, a Ram thirty five hundred and an aluminum stock trailer. It's 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 pretty pretty cool, really. What they what they give away. And then they give, you know, I think it's like 25000 for second. They pay all the way down to like 100th place, um, which I think the top 50 win money and then like 51st to 100 get a free team next year. Um, but then they also pay, you know, per night. If you win or go round, then you win like two grand and pay like 10 people a night. And then there's all kind of different stuff, man. There's a savage, last couple of years there's been a savage, uh, uh, like side pot costs you like 10 bucks, but you have an opportunity to win a, a savage rifle every night. Um, and just all kind of different, you know, perks that go into it. But yeah, man, it's profantasyrodeo.com. It costs like a hundred bucks for the actual team. And then, you know, a couple extra dollars, you know, for whatever else. So, um, but it's, yeah, we play every year. It's, it's, it's really fun. So, um, Talk about the NFR. So the NFR is yep. 10 nights, right? Okay. So, and you have, uh, so 10 different nights, 10 different events, 10 of the, 10 rounds of the event. So each round is separate from itself, but it's also yep. together, yeah, yeah. right? So they'll pay six, uh, six guys a night. Uh, at first place pays right at 30,000. Um, you know, and it pays all the way down to like five or 6,000. Um, and then, your, your total combined time, I guess. So, like, if I'm 
four flat on every single steer, then I'm 40 flat on 10. And then mm -hmm. I stand a really good chance at 40 on 10 to win the, to win the average, which pays over 70,000. Um, See, and you won that two yep. years ago, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, I was, yep. uh, oh, I think I was 43 maybe on 10, 43-something on 10. And, uh, but yeah, man, that was a huge year for me. Um, I've won some in the rounds. I ended up getting out of there with like 160,000. So, you know, that was a huge year. Um, and the idea is to try to win some in the rounds, but the big money's at the end. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can plug along and win fourth or fifth in the average, you know, that's another 30, 40,000, you know, that, that you get for just being consistent, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're playing, you're, you're trying like, God, that's so tough, man. That is unbelievably tough because you're trying to play for every day, but at the but you're also looking at ten days. Right. That is that's so different than any other sport, honestly. Yep. I mean, you could say it's kind of similar to golf, but I mean, in football, I'm going to show up on Sunday morning, and by five o'clock, six o'clock Sunday afternoon, I'm done. My game check sitting. It don't matter if I rode the bench. It don't matter if I got hurt in the first quarter. I'm still finna make this. That is an insane amount of pressure to put on a human being in ten oh, yeah. days. Like honestly, that's an insane amount yeah, of pressure. Yeah, man, it's it's stressful, man. It really is. And again, man, I married I married a wonderful my wife's amazing. She, you know, tries to keep me low key down, you know, at the finals, which is hard to do because it's you know, again, we're running ramp we're running rampant and trying to get everything done and also trying to focus to win because you know, we made some money to get to the finals. You know, I mean, you know, we're going to profit some, but, you know, the majority of our income for the year or the majority of a rodeo cowboy's income, not Jen and I's income is, you know, at the finals. I mean, if you know, that's the thing. You want to get to the finals and try to win 100000 Because if you win 100000 you know, your year's made. Your year's made set. So that's you know that's 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 the goal you know and when you show up there and you start you start struggling first three four rounds and i've been there and not won anything until the fourth round and you start doubting yourself and that's again when your mental preparation all of that comes into play because you have to really realize is that even if you don't do good on your first three and you're not in play for the average they're giving away thirty thousand a night you know they, they're they're, they're yep. giving away stupid money every night so then it's just your job to just let your hair down and which I don't have any anymore, but let your hair down and get after, <laughs> you know. So um yeah, it's you know, it, it, there there's there's a million ways to do it. You can go in there, balls the walls and try to get after it and win as much as you can and maybe not place an average, but you can go in there and play it safe and place an average. But man, if you want to win gold buckles, you gotta win the day monies and place an average, you know, and that's cause 'cause somebody's gonna go in there and get it done and so you just got to go in there and try to do your job ten nights in, ten nights in a row. Yep. So the NFR is yep. in December, right? All right. So uh, let's see. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, I really appreciate okay. you coming on. Uh, let's see. What? How? You said that uh, your the season really gets started at the end of yeah. June. Yeah, man. It kicks off, man. We're pretty much done with our winter rodeos. We're going to go to uh, Clarksville, Franklin, Tennessee, and Winsboro, Louisiana this weekend. Uh, I'll skip a week, and then I'll go to, like, uh, Fort Smith and Cross at Arkansas and Mount Pleasant, Texas. And then uh, the week after that, which will be the week before I leave, there's a little Texas run out there, uh, Weatherford, Coleman, Cleburne, and Gladewater, Texas. And they're all just kind of like just there's some good rodeos don't get me wrong but they're just some knife fights to kind of get you mentally prepared and get you sharp before you sure enough take off and get after it yeah, yeah. i got um, one more question will go ahead. um the nfr when you talked about like having to sign for different sponsors do you have like a specific media like do you have to have do you have to meet like a media thing like do you have to interview do you have like what 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 do you have to do? Well, yeah, basically? usually, man. There's you know, you usually for your sponsors, you usually show up to their booth and and sign autographs about an hour twice, uh, twice in the ten days, and I usually take on some interviews and some TV time and stuff just because it's good for me, but it's also good for me promoting myself, but also the sport of rodeo and now the school, uh, which is really cool because now a lot of people know that I'm a coach. 
and a lot of people give shout outs to me coaching in Northwest Mississippi Community College and it's huge at, you know for the school you know so um yeah I mean I try to take on as much as I can but also try to get a little bit of time to kind of get some me time and some me and Jenna time and kind of keep me kind of mellowed out you know so we can do our job that night because ultimately that's why we're there well I think it's awesome that you're not only trying to promote the sport of rodeo, but also your guys in Northwest. Uh, before we let you go, I want what's what's the guy's name that's going to the uh, finals Colby Burgess. again? Colby Burgess. Okay. Well, good luck to him. When uh, is that going to be? It's the like the seventh through no the ninth through the seventeenth of June. Um, so yeah, it's right there. It's that week of it's it's uh, we'll ride two bulls on Sunday, and then he'll go on a performance towards the end of the week. And then the short round will be on Saturday the seventeenth. So the big yeah. opportunity gotcha. for him. Yeah, yeah, and yeah good luck. Will be awesome. That's awesome. Uh, before you go, what's your, do you have your Instagram, Twitter, social media stuff so yeah. people can follow yeah. you and be able to keep up do, with you? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm Will Loomis, professional steer wrestler on Facebook, and uh, W. Uh, I can't remember the answer. It'd be W Loomis twenty, but my wife changed. Um, I'll have to, I'm I'm not totally sure on it. Um, but then I do have a TikTok as well that my wife kind of runs. I don't know the handle on it, but yeah, there is a TikTok on there as well, but they tend to take videos down when they, uh, when they see me twisting necks. So anyway, yeah, I can imagine, uh, man, Will, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, see where you got anything else before we let him go. What's the go-to game when you're in, when you're in Vegas, man, What what are you playing? Oh man, I like three card poker. Gosh, that's a nice answer. Yeah, great I like, answer. I like three card great poker. Answer. Yep. That's awesome, man. Right. I, more of a blackjack guy myself. Now, if you want, we can get a little table run. Maybe, maybe we can find some time. Me, you, Taylor, buddy, a couple of us sit down and play some Texas Hold'em. I'd be, I'd love to take some of that money. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Collins, I think you messed up. I think he jumped at that opportunity pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, Will, appreciate it again. Uh, good luck to you the rest of this year. Good luck to um, your guys at Northwest at, this, at the finals in the coming year. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you it. Bet, Thanks for coming on. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much.